Hello again, my friends, and welcome back. Another episode of the Jaguar Report Fantasy Football Podcast. The only podcast that combines fantasy football with the fantasy of the Jaguars ever being good again. I am your host, Zach Schultz. And I gotta say, this sucks. The Jags absolutely embarrassed themselves this weekend against the Buccaneers, and I just got nothing anymore. They look dysfunctional every step of the way, and it's all bad. Luckily for me, being the fantasy guy, the positives I have to report count the same as if the Jags had won. Now, that's that's no uh, consolidation, because if you know me, by, know me by now, I would lose every fantasy matchup I have for a Jags win, so I don't take joy in reporting garbage time success. I will keep this one short and sweet because once again with Trevor's injury there's uncertainty and as of Wednesday night uh he didn't practice today and there are zero props on the board for the game so here we go as always half PPR for all of my scoring and rankings Trevor Lawrence was this week's QB 26 and he has fallen to QB 12 for the season, and he had 11.3 fantasy points. There were zero positives to take away from Trevor's performance today. Well, I guess on Sunday. Uh, he finished with 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, lost a fumble. He added 29 yards on the ground, but once again picked up another injury. And this time it's his throwing shoulder. Even before the injury, he was bad. I still believe in Trevor 100%, but damn, it really sucks to be in this spot. If he plays, you aren't starting him this week against the Panthers. How could you? The injuries are piling up. The offense is a mess no matter how you slice it. And surprisingly, the Panthers give up the second least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks. The league I made the championship in, I'm starting Baker Mayfield this week over Trevor without question and I'd probably make the same choice even if Trevor didn't hurt his shoulder. If Beathard goes, I'm sure you can come up with a better streaming option. Travis Etienne, this week's running back 47, and he has fallen to RB4 for the year. I got passed up this week by Rashad White. One week to go, Um, and it's not even a guarantee he holds on to the four spot at this point. Uh, And he had 4.6 fantasy points this week. Last week, I talked about how reviewing ETN has just become a broken record. And it's just the same old, same old. And this week uh, is no different, except for he only saw six carries. He took them for a season-worst 12 yards and a season-worst 2 yards per carry. I get they were in a big hole. But Press Taylor abandoning the run game has been my biggest gripe about him this year, and it happened again. ETN did catch all three of his targets for 19 yards, which was less than he had been getting yardage-wise, and I was shocked by that, considering they were in catch-up mode most of the day. Uh, yeah, but you're still going to start ETN without debate, especially championship week. Benching him would be uh, the classic getting-too-cute play for fantasy. The Panthers also give up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, and they're dead last in rushing EPA per play allowed. So at least there's that. The schedule of the second half of the season run defense-wise has been really tough, so it's nice that ETN has uh, finally has a nice matchup. 
Calvin Ridley was this week's wide receiver 7, and he has brought himself up to wide receiver 22 on the year, and he had 22.8 fantasy points. I guess Ridley was the offensive bright spot Sunday? I mean, he caught 6 of 9 targets for 90 yards and 2 touchdowns, and he did lose 1.2 fantasy points on the infamous end around, but, you know, it is what it is. I knew Ridley... Uh, had a lot of volume coming his way against the bad pass defense, but I didn't expect it to all essentially come in garbage time. It still counts, and uh, you lucked out if you started him in your semifinal matchup. Ridley makes her a flex play this week at best, and depending on the situation, you could easily be benching him. The Panthers are 28th in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. I don't expect the Jags to run away with this one. Uh, scripting Calvin out of the game. So you should still see a decent amount of volume, but between the overall functionality of the offense right now, Trevor having a bad throwing shoulder or possibly Beathard playing, and the fact that he doesn't have a fantasy-friendly matchup, it just gives me some hesitancy on calling him a sure thing fantasy starter this week. Evan Ingram was tied in six on the week and he stays at tight end six on the season. He had 12.5 fantasy points. Evan Ingram's massive target share returned as he saw 15 targets this week against the Bucks. He caught 10 of them for 95 yards, and his 12.5 points were his third most this season, and no coincidence that all three of his top fantasy games have now come in the last four games without Christian Kirk. Without Kirk, he should continue to lead the team in targets, and that volume is just huge at tight end. Travis Kelsey just hasn't been himself. Mark Andrews went down. We just lost TJ Hawkinson. Darren Waller was a miss this year. Tight end has been pretty brutal this season, and you should feel great about starting Ingram in the championship if you're there. The Panthers give up the 23rd most fantasy points to tight ends, but at this point, that number is honestly ir- ir- irrelevant to Evan Ingram. You don't find many tight ends averaging double-digit targets, and since Kirk got hurt, Evan Ingram is now averaging just over 10 a game. He is the Jaguar I feel the best about slotting into a championship week lineup. And that will bring us to our week 16 betting card. And I had a one-unit play on Travis Etienne over 23.5 receiving yards, which was a miss. A two-unit play on Evan Ingram over 48.5 receiving yards, which was a hit. James Cook over 96.5 rushing plus receiving yards was a miss. And DK Metcalf over 61.5 receiving yards was a miss. So Evan Ingram really salvaged the week for me. The two-unit play I put on him was my only hit this week, and my three losses were all pretty close. It's truly insane how close the books routinely are on this stuff, man. I got two weeks left, and unless I completely tank them, I should finish with positive money on the season. Uh, Ingram did cruise his way to a win of 95 yards. It was never really in doubt, even with how awful everything was. Like I mentioned, it was my saving grace this week, and I'm really glad I put two units on it rather than forcing another play. ETN finished with 19 receiving yards, and this one kind of stung because with as much garbage time as the Jags had... You would have thought he could have caught one more dump off. I know there were a few Beathard could have hit him, but he threw it deep. Oh, well. 
James Cook finished with 70 yards. All rushing. And this was my biggest miss of the day yardage-wise. Um, but honestly, I'm really baffled by this one. It felt like early on, every time Cook took a handoff, he was just chunking out six to seven yards, and they just never really got him going in a rhythm. Not only that, but he didn't see a single target in the passing game. Since firing Ken Dorsey as offensive coordinator, Cook has seen at least three targets and has at least 29 receiving yards in every game. To not get a single target in a close game is what throws me off the most here. DK Metcalf finished with 56 yards and was six yards shy of his prop. He was the third most targeted receiver for the Seahawks this week behind Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba and also finished third in yardage behind them. DK is always the favorite to lead the Seahawks in yardage in any given game, so this wasn't really ideal for me. He also got interfered with on what was the Seahawks' game-winning touchdown drive on a pass that probably would have resulted in a touchdown itself and would have cashed the prop, so that sucks. With the big loss, the Jaguars are now 8-7 and seven against the spread. Uh, all numbers against the spread here. They're now 3-5 and five at home, moved to 5-2 and two on the road. They fall to 6-3 and three as favorites and 2-4 and four as underdogs. This week, they're 6.5-point home favorites, and the game total set at 38. I don't know how you could bet the Jags minus 6.5 right now, even if it is the Panthers. The Panthers have looked like a real football team. Well, you know, more like a real football team since firing Frank Reich. And uh, the Jaguars don't even look like they know what football is sometimes. Shit, I have a hard time picking them to win this league, win this week alone, let alone picking them to cover a touchdown. The 38-point total seems low to me as well because I just don't trust the Jags' defense to not give up close to 30 points themselves. It's insane this is where we're at, but we are. Uh, other than that, check out my betting article later this week to see what picks I come up for this probably weird game we're going to have this weekend. That's all I got for now. I know the team sucks right now and things are pretty bleak, but enjoy your friends and family and the new year. Peace.